Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters and Century Hardware, your source for outdoor gear in interior Alaska. It's a locally owned, longtime Fairbanks business that I've shopped at since I was a kid, and they've always done a great job of carrying a wide variety of quality, proven gear that'll tackle whatever Alaskan tasks you need it to. Frontier Outfitters always stays current with gear for the season, and whether you're bear baiting in the spring, fishing or dip netting in the summer, looking for game bags and gears for moose camp in the fall, or need to stock up on trapping lures, get a new spud bar, or just need some bait for your winter burbot sets, they've got you covered. They always carry a wide variety of Alaskan-proven clothing and boots, camping gear, meat processing supplies, lots of guns, ammo, reloading and shooting supplies, as well as gun safes. Downstairs in Century Hardware, you'll find your snow machine and ATV accessories like sleds and hitch pins, gun boots, hot grips, as well as a full selection of marine and boating parts and accessories. They really go out of their way to stock quality, useful equipment, and it's truly one of those great hometown sporting goods and hardware stores that every town needs to have. Whether you're gearing up for a hunting or fishing trip, working on that never-ending home improvement project, or you just need to rehandle an axe, it's usually a one-stop shop. Frontier Outfitters is located on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, and they have a second location out in North Pole, so make sure you stop in there and tell them you heard about it on Tundra Talk. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group Real Estate, a local brokerage that can cover your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area, whether it's residential, commercial, or just undeveloped property. The Hedgecocks have been active in the Fairbanks and North Pole real estate market since the early 80s and have put together a team that really reflects the diverse needs of homebuyers in interior Alaska. With a brokerage team made up of multi-generation Fairbanks locals, transplants, and military veterans, they really understand the unique aspects of living in the interior and what that means when it comes to shopping for a home in general, buying land to build a home, and they also understand the situations that many military members are in when needing to buy or sell a home in Fairbanks. This is really a unique place to live, and whether it's learning why some houses have water-holding tanks instead of wells, how much it'll cost to heat a given house, or just what recreational opportunities are close by, they're here to help you. More than simply acquiring or building a piece of property, they can help you find the right property in the right place and help you learn from their experience. The Hedgecock Group offices are on Noble Street in Fairbanks, and if you want to get in touch with them, visit www.fairbanksakhomes.com. That's how you do it. All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, sitting down tonight with uh, Patrick Lumba Like a Roomba. I did actually just ask him if that's how it's pronounced. Terrible names and Harrison Gotchling, right? Okay, yep, I got that it. one right. <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> yeah. How's it going, guys? Good, it's going great right here. Now, yeah, Harrison, you're you live in Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I don't know why I phrase it like I don't know that because I do know that. And uh, Patrick, you're you're from out of town. I've we actually been trying to link up for a while. Yeah, you're in and out of town and around like yeah, a man. Yeah, it's always short traveling, nervous. man. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, where the heck do we even start? I don't know. Man, coming up here is like memory lane. I used to uh I used to live in that like first house on Ivory Road. Oh man, like the meth house or whatever. Hundred year old like dry house. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's, uh, well, before we ever, like, even came and looked at this place, I didn't realize any of this existed up here. I mean, you're like. Yeah. Keeps going uh, back and back and back. Back and back. I mean, yeah, the, but there's a couple other roads that, like, loop around behind. I wish it was, like, more connected, like, off the end of this road up, because you're kind of on the edge of civilization, you know, up the top of the ridge here. But, uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Not too bad. So, yeah. But you came up. You even had to get a negative yeah negative covid <laughs> test or whatever to go caribou hunting yeah got it and we did it yeah it was a nice day yesterday super warm out yeah it's nice when you can get those like real warm days because so so much of the time i'm trying to figure out what this buzzing noise is coming from jeez that must be it cell phone oh. what a shit show you think i just started <laughs> doing this anyway no so yeah you guys Went out and got yourself collected some meat, it looked like, huh? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. I think the hardest part was probably figuring out where to park and, and, yeah. and go out for them. <laughs> Find a parking spot that isn't filled to the gills. Yeah, was it pretty busy up there? Uh, we stopped. I mean, we only stopped at 12 Mile Summit. So yeah. there was only like three or four rigs there, and they were already unloaded, and people were heading out in different directions. Gotcha. That's not too bad compared to what it can be. You know, like Especially in the I fall, think- it's... I think the I think that forty mile hunt could be like a really like, I mean, you're never going to get like your pristine like quote unquote wilderness adventure out of it. It's a meat it's a meat yeah, run for sure. But um, I just you know I mean we uh, honestly over think, years have talked about how like bullshit the way it's mm-hmm. run. I think and, the winter is the best way to experience it though. Yeah, I think so too. There's like a third of the people that are there in the fall at most, like on a really busy weekend. And most people are not interested in getting off the road. Yeah. yeah. We didn't run into anyone out there. Oh, nice. Yeah. We that's some shots, but that's it. Yeah. I mean, in the last time I was up there on the winter one, what was that? You know, because that was when they had, it was just like a two or three day opener. And then freaking mm-hmm. there was just Ugh. thousands, of, I don't know about thousands, but we, I think I saw at least two or 300 trucks. I can believe know. it. That's what I, the, my first experience with that was where I parked at Eagle Summit and we got there way earlier than we needed to. Yeah. But by the time that it was first light coming out, you know, there was back to back to back everywhere. And people. And, <laughs> How frustrating would that be to be the guy that like goes up there like days ahead of time? I mean, and well, because I think Frank, my buddy Frank had seen someone like guys like going up there to camp like a week before the season opened in the fall. And think, oh, yeah, this is good. I got it good, and then just civilization just encroaches on you, just make you sick. Well, they want to get closer and look at them with their binoculars and everything, so they want to get close and close and close, and it pushes them out, and then, you know, they just keep harassing the herds around. So yeah. no matter where you see them, I mean, they're just going to run away by the time that season yeah. opens. Yeah, no, that's for sure. But if you can, I think if they if they would just find a way to... Do it where the season, yeah, stagger where the season's going to be open. Like, you don't have to worry about getting your opportunity. season. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) that wouldn't be the worst thing, you know, if they they did something like that. But uh, I don't have the answer, but there could be something better. But when you can, like, have it open, you know, in the winter seasons where it's been open for a couple, three months, whatever, it's a much, like, more relaxed pace kind of fun quality hunt yeah whereas august 10th you know everyone's like let's get down there right now 
Yeah. We got to get there before everyone else gets there because that's my caribou I see right there. I feel yeah. like we had like a really great experience. Like for I sure, mean, it was yeah, it was warm. There wasn't a ton of people, <laughs> and I mean, we stopped. We kind of got lucky that trooper pointed some <laughs> out for us. We were <laughs> we were about ready to keep moving, and we we stopped and talked to the trooper, and he's like, "Well, there's some right there." And uh, I mean, yeah, we just went out, kind of went in that do? direction. What and, would you guys do? Right? <laughs> keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. Because we actually got off, and I took a snow machine up to the Pinell Mountain Trail mm-hmm. from the 12-mile summit area. Went to the north, looked down in the valley and everything, and didn't see anything. And said, you know, whatever. We'll go back and look south a little bit with binoculars, but apparently not very much. Yeah. They were just like hundreds right on the other side of the hill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes that ha- Yeah. Sometimes that happens where... Looking, yeah, looking, it, looking, and then yeah. no, the entire herd's just right, right there. But uh, yeah, no, it's all no, sounded like a pretty good trip. Looked like you guys stacked them up pretty good. I was disappointed yeah. to see you didn't get any gripping grins. Yeah, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I brought. <laughs> Got to get one with the skull though. I brought. Yeah. I brought my my uh, 4K cam, yeah. uh, GoPros, phone, tripods, all that. Did you have them strapped and all over to you? Like no, I did nothing. Like I chest rig over the shoulder. <laughs> it's like a walking get, like selfie stick. Or I, I remember to set up one GoPro on our way back. I set it up on the front of the machine, just following, you know, in line. That's it. I didn't, no grip and grin. No, no, not one kill shot. I'm like, man, I'm so glad I packed this whole Pelican backpack <laughs> from Galena down to Wasilla and back up here. And didn't use it. Well, it's no. not like a backpacking trip where you're like out there for a guaranteed amount of days or like yeah. two weeks or something. It's like we're going out there for an afternoon. We'll see what happens. And a lot of times, everything happened really fast. Yeah, too. in I mean, my experience, the forty mile, everything happens so fast. That's like oh, if you there find they caribou, are, boys. There they are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I shot both of mine within ten seconds of each other. So yeah, get it while the getting's good. I uh, yeah, don't feel too bad. I packed a video camera an entire sheep hunt this year and didn't take a single <laughs> video clip. Not a one. It, it was just cold enough, too, that my battery, when I did take it out to do, like, our skinning and stuff, it yeah. just died. But. Been there, man. No, but, yeah, so what What the heck? Well, you guys been up to, I'm trying to, like, figure out what direction to go with this, because you're out in Galena. Yeah. You're in town, Harrison. You got a pretty badass, you Tell me about your tundra you got this year. You got one of the old school ones, huh? Yeah, luckily, uh, my kids' godparents, they had a couple older tundras. And I, I tried to work out a deal with them where, you know, I wanted to buy it for a certain amount. And they're like, well, we don't really want to charge you because you're like family. So. Okay. No. They're like, you can use it. And then if you're ever done with it or you upgrade, just give it back to us. It's like, you got it, dude. No problem. So Heck I, yeah. I've been using the shit out of it. Nice. And I had to do the uh, oil pump delete on it. Because mm-hmm. I already had an issue with that, where I was out at Quartz Lake and one of the hoses broke for the oil going into the oil pump. Oh, so yeah. I lost all my oil, so I was just oh. running straight gas <sighs> for like ten or fifteen miles. And then when I got back to the trailer and I saw it all dumped out, I was like, "Oh my god, oh no!" <laughs> like I don't want to burn the rings up and burn the piston up and everything. And oh man, has it? Do you know if that motor's been rebuilt yet? Has not. Okay, yeah. I don't know if that thing flies. Do, well, do you know <laughs> on a Tundra? Can you, because I know like a lot of, mo- I don't know a lot about rebuilding motors, but typically, you know, like you, you'll freaking burn them up and you can, depending on how, what's going on, you may need like 
your cylinders bored out in oversized pistons like can you only do that once with a tundra do you know i'd imagine so since you know because like a lot of like my old outboard you can only like they have like two sizes of pistons you know it comes with a smaller Mm -hmm. one and so you know when you need to rebuild it you can bore out cylinders and use a larger size piston I don't know, but, and I honestly don't hope to find that out. No, I wouldn't hope you would either. <laughs> I've heard of, I mean, I've heard of people jacketing them, right? So they'll bore them out and then yeah, jacket it so it's the original size again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking to the wrong guy, though. Yeah, I but don't I know why. I, I don't know why I steered us down this road. None of us know <laughs> what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> but uh, no, those tundras are badass, man. It's uh, it's definitely performed more than I thought it could be capable of. Yeah. You're a little bit skinnier than I am, too. <laughs> I drove one for a while and took Martin trapping, and I'd have to, like, the steep, well, one steep hill. Yeah, I'm not Joe. Yeah, once one hill, like, I would, I'd run this ridge, and then I'd drop down kind of in the in a saddle and up the other side. But I'd have to, like, drop my heavy. If I was carrying wolf gear or something, I'd have to, like, drop my heavy shit at the top, go down, and then, like, couple stretches, I'd have to get off and run beside it to, like, get it to Push go it, up. But Like a Razor scooter? Um. Yeah, but they're pretty freaking skookum little little sleds, and that's not even like the Pogo one. Yours is like the old school. It's a uh, eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what year they started making like the actual Pogo suspension, yeah. but that's the one with the shock that's on the ski. Yeah, and like a mm-hmm. leaf spring type deal. Yeah, I definitely I, I went uh, ice fishing for Pike a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I had. Uh, folded sled my buddy was on it the folded sled's like a i did a rod or like a dog mushing type sled yeah rather so my buddy's like 200 pounds he's on the very back so it's like 10 feet behind my track and then i had and you towed him all the way yeah, out there yeah that? holy shit and, and, and i going up very slight inclines it was like Ooh. i don't know if i'm gonna fucking make it up this thing so i definitely found the limit of them but luckily i didn't have to tow too much and too far yeah. this weekend with it for the caribou so nice yeah, that's awesome. I kind of want to. I saw one of the, it wasn't a full sled, but it was it was one of those like dog sled style with like actual like skis on it. That was, I think, just the plywood needed replaced on it. That's what I had to do nice. with mine. Does but, it have like a little bit of flex to it, suspension? Or? Hell no, nothing. Uh-huh. And they're heavy too. Brutal. They're like I know people like, like to run pounds, birch, too. You know, for what's that? Like towing people behind them. He's like a birch dog sled, so yeah. it's got some flex. Yeah. No, not this thing. I had to uh, weld it in a couple. I had to get my neighbor to help me weld it in a couple spots. And and Nathan said he was like crippled after that. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, he rode that would be seventy brutal. miles. That's a long <laughs> seventy long miles on that thing. Long. And he's like, I wish the bar was six inches higher because he's hunched over to grab it. And oh, and you don't have any like hand warmers or no? They're like it's man. Even if you're like your hot grips go out on your sled, like that's a very yeah. A very taken for taken for granted device there. It really is. But uh, so did you, I was going to ask you too. Did you just start mixing your oil? Yeah. Freaking temp. Yeah, the temple. What's temple special there? He's like, oh, it could be brand new sled. First thing. First thing you do is take out the oil pump and just start mixing your gas. Sorry, temple. <laughs> but I got to throw you under the bus for that one. Man. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Definitely see why why it became a thing it's like oh yeah no yeah if uh yeah because if if it does go bad on you or something like uh something like that freaking goes wrong and you lose all your oil you're you're kind of toast whereas if you got gas with oil already mixed in it it (laughs) eliminates that 
eliminates that necessity. But yeah, when I first got it, that's what I did is I looked at a lot of research on what people did to the machines, and that was a common thing was just getting rid of it beforehand. But I just figured I'd wait till it failed and remedy it then, and it reared its head quite quickly, just like a, a <laughs> like month and a half. Shockingly quickly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> month and a half in a winter. It's like, oh, okay, all right, done with that. Nice. Does uh, when did the when did the Big River get froze up down there in the village? Oh, seems like just a few weeks ago that it was really like frozen enough were, to get out on. Yeah, making trails across, but there I didn't see like a ton of traffic. There's mm. still like a big open hole right in front of town. Yeah, that scares me, man. River ice, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, geez, a couple of years ago, we lost a guy from town. In the winter, yeah, run. his tracks went right into an open hole, like fog, bunch of fog out there. I mean, that's what, that's where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And just went right Yeah, in. basically anytime you got, well, but it, sometimes you don't know because sometimes the fog, like there's fog that's not from open water, but that yeah. open, that fog will just, when it's real cold, will hang over that open water and you just don't know. Yeah. I don't have a need to go over rivers much, so. I'll just stay away from that. I try to keep possible. it at a minimum. It's, yeah. I mean, out there though, it's it's super thick, like yeah, four or five feet. Oh yeah, well, like yeah, when it's thick, it's thick. It's just like who's, the, how do you decide who? Well, and some of the old timers too, like they're pretty really good at knowing like how to, like they can recognize bad ice and like everyone kind of like, I don't know, like we all have specialties or like whatever, like we're really good at. I mean, guys that do I'm, that their whole life know. I'm real good at staying on trails. Staying on trails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, some of the, some of the old timers, like, you'll just be going along or, like, running a boat, you know, mm-hmm. like, especially running a prop in the, U- in the, in the Yukon, you'd think it'd be, you know, the layman might think it's easy because, oh, it's a big freaking river and sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not, you know, all sorts of weird. I know, I know farther up river, it's freaking, you can run into some sketchy stuff. Yeah. If yeah. you're not careful. Yeah. My wife's grandma, she, she's so funny, man. She's always, she'll say like, she can tell if a, if a, a boat going up, up or down the river is a white guy. Yeah. Cause it'd be like right dead center in the middle. Yeah. And not like, not out of the current or anything. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, well, and I've even heard, you know, stories, some of them old, old native guys running the river, like, no, I mean like, yeah, literally stuff is like using deep enough spots out of the current to where you can not burn as much gas, like just maximizing every little bit of Yeah, right of where the fuel. salmon are going. Yep. <laughs> they know what to do. Yep, so, no, that's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, so what the heck else you guys been up to this winter? Oof. Just hanging out, man. This is my first trip out of Galena since our sheep hunt in September. I've just been nice. locked up. If I remember hearing right, you got like deathly ill. Right? Yeah, it was not very fun. <laughs> talk, talk about the worst time. We'll talk about the worst time in the world. I've been lucky so far. I, I don't think I've all, that's like one of my like top ten fears is just getting horribly sick on a sheep hunt. Tell thought, us how that yeah, went. I thought it was <laughs> honestly. I thought it was just nerves because you know, like because I'm so famous and everything. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I was trying to help him get a sheep first and everything, and so I was like, oh, I'm nervous about hoping I can find one for him. And yeah. 
be there and help them and everything and pack, help them pack it out and all this shit. And so whenever we were getting ready to fly out, you know, I was feeling a little crappy in the night before and I was like, man, it's just got to be nerves. I don't know what the hell's going on. Just, Cause that, yeah, I'll, I'll get like that sometimes. Sure. Like just, yeah, just real anxious. So yeah. anxious that you puke or you fucking have diarrhea or something horrible and. Well, let's not get carried away. Yeah, but sure. No. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Usually, I just got to pee a couple times or something. <laughs> like, there's nothing there. Super sweaty or nervous. whatever. Yeah. yeah, I'll get, I'll, I'll get, pit, I'll get pissed, nervous. Yeah, and so I felt fine the first night for the most part, and then I was like, man, I am like extraordinarily tired. The first night and the second morning, it's like, mm, I just got to go slow today. Like, if you don't mind, just take it slow. I'll follow you. We'll just. Carry I actually, on, do I actually whatever. really liked it because, like, being a big guy, like my whole life, I'm always the one who's like catching up while, it, you know, my partner's oh, taking I a break, know all and then they that, and they're yeah. ready to go. So you you never get a break that type of thing. Yep. So it's really nice, like setting the pace. Yeah. No, I've been that guy for a lot of years. Well, like my buddy Steve, that I you know a lot hunted cheap with him a lot. I could never. I don't know how he walks so fast for like being about my height or a little shorter like same stride or i just don't know how he does it and then i could never keep up with him it always pissed me off because i'd like be trying to keep up with him and he's up there glassing i'm like i'm missing something <laughs> getting rested while you're busting ass yeah and then it kind of evens out with like when i'm hunting with my buddy frank because he'll like leave me in the dust on the way in and then all like and then i'll tend to do a little better like if we're both carrying the same amount of weight, obviously because I'm <laughs> I got like <laughs> seventy five pounds on him, but uh, yeah. So yeah, but you're, no, you're yeah. starting to hurt and yeah, like the first day it was fine and I just want to be I was feeling okay, but a little sluggish and I was like, well, I'll just shake it off, whatever. And then the second day I was like, well, I'm a little slow, but we'll just take it easy and you know just walk a few miles. I think we only walked like two or three. Not much, really not much at all. And then by the end of it, I was just like. Yeah, we just crossed that valley. That, yeah, that trying to find a high spot way. to be able to throw the tent and glass from for the evening. And, you know, there was like a, not even a major incline at all to hike up. And I was like, Patrick, can you please take my backpack? <laughs> like, I am not doing good at all. And then by the time that I got up there, it's like, you know, maybe tomorrow should be a rest day for me because I'm not doing good. Then I had to you know, build a fucking toilet out of shale and oh, stuff because I was having to go to the bathroom so much and it was awful. Almost shit myself in the tent once oh, or twice. And it was... You'd be able to tell I shit myself story. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I did not shit myself with my only pair of pants. It smelled like it though, underwear. man. Oh my God. Every night. It's just... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Patrick. <laughs> like I'm just over here with my mouth and nose out, leaning into my vestibule. <laughs> <laughs> Open the zipper a couple yeah. inches and stick your fucking nose and mouth out. <laughs> you, like, yeah. got a snorkel cut through a hole in the side of the tent. I did, yeah. Oh. Well, I got that, that uh, Kuyu tent with the vestibules on both sides. Oh, nice. So, it's like, yeah, we both had our own exits, and I was just... <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. But it never you... ended up getting better. Long no. story short, but it I hunted, never I hunted by myself that third day and just kind of got up to the top of where we were, looked around and didn't see anything. And uh, I think called it that night. Yeah. But we saw, I mean, we saw like 37 sheep. Yeah. Just nothing mm -hmm. over half curl. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think we really saw only maybe less than five rams and the biggest was less than half curl, mm -hmm. like right around half curl. We saw one that was 
maybe it was colored up by shale or something, but yeah. like its neck was jet black for most of its body was black. Oh, weird. Yeah, it was pretty cool looking. That is cool. Yeah. Oh man, I I empathize. After that, I was oh. I was so pissed. That's I'm still pissed thinking about it. Honestly, it sucks because sometimes just shit that's totally out of your control. You know, I say a lot of times shit that's totally out of your control. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, hopefully most of the time that the stuff will line up to be good, but sometimes it's when it's bad, it's bad, I guess. Man. That was the worst I've ever felt in a long time, too. Jeez. I don't know what it was. Yeah. No, it's not like it yeah. was the COVID. Yeah. I still had a good time. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I was out there in sheep country, so. I mean, that was your first real sheep hunt. I mean, not even a real sheep hunt, but it was your first, like, yeah. intro into it. Yeah. I mean, nice. I've just, I grew up doing... Like sick a blacktail down in Juneau, yeah, up, up in the Alpine. So that, is that you grew up down in Juneau? Yeah, yeah. So that was like always my favorite. Yeah, and which because this, yeah, this is both your guys' first time on the podcast. We ought to get in a little bit, little background oh, yeah. info too <laughs> before we start diving into conspiracy theories and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. Get back into them, you mean? <laughs> but yeah, no, I grew up down there. Um, yeah, a lot of blacktail hunting. Never. <laughs> Never got anything over a button buck um, until like a couple of years ago. Finally yeah. got a forky, but um, yeah, no, I always liked I always like alpine deer hunting in the fall. Yeah, and uh, yeah, geez, probably about the time of my youngest kid, my wife, we always um, we'd alternate. So she'd go to bed early, and then I'd stay up late with the baby. Yeah, and I'd just be burning through. Uh, internet data on YouTube watching yeah. sheep hunts. So I, I really got interested in it. And, uh, I mean, same type of thing up, up out of the trees. Yep. So it was super cool. Yeah. No, there's something about being like up above timberline, whether it's, you know, it's like different kind of mountains, but it's still like, yeah, know, there's just something about it. It's so cool when you can just see for miles. And miles and miles. And be like, just, holy shit, I got to walk all the way over there. <laughs> I don't know why it's like, it's a it's a mental health problem, I think, getting sure. drawn into it. But no, yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah. I, I really like that, like, not a lot of people get to spend too much time up there, too. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's like a, I don't know. I will see it's like a spot that's like, you're totally, it's totally indifferent to you being there and like, you don't really belong there type mm-hmm. of deal getting to spend like however much little like sliver of time in a spot that like just people don't belong <laughs> it's the same kind of thing like either in the fall if you're doing it and you can spend like two weeks out there yeah or if it's even just like you know an afternoon like where we were on the steeps in the middle of mm-hmm. winter it's like so inhospitable to life that it's amazing that these fucking animals just live out there and survive yep no, and I mean that's like I don't know, I think that's like kind of part of the draw of Alaska Alaska and this like just wild country in general. I mean there's like so much of it or I mean stuff like downriver, you know. I mean there's country down there that I mean like people get into it a little bit, but really a lot of it's just like yeah. quote unquote untouched sort of sort of shit. Yeah. Or you look at, like, you know, you walk, like, 40 miles or something, or travel, you know, 40 or 50 miles on, like, a ATV or something, you track it on your 
GPS and then you zoom out from your GPS tracks and you're like, fuck, I didn't touch anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's just a piece of dust, man. Yeah, flying into some of these spots or whatever, you just, uh, you know, or, or if, like if a person's like first, like probably the first time, like anyone like comes to interior and you drive up to Prudhoe Bay or something like that and you're like, holy shit, like there is so much country up here. <laughs> it's like un unbelievable like almost unfathomable but yeah what about you man where you were did you grow up around here yeah born and raised here in fairbanks nice yeah i I didn't i hunted a little bit as a kid and um i shot my first big game animal was a caribou i was like 11 or 12 and um then i took a long break in high school and then didn't get into it till right about the time that my kid was about to be born. Yeah. In 2014, then ever since then, it just kind of kicked off again, and I just went with it. Heck, yeah. No, that's better what I... I was all... I don't know. I feel like I was I was always pretty obsessed with hunting and fishing. Like, when I was a kid, I alternated between, like, hunting and fishing what I was obsessed about and just had terrible hunting and fishing where I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was obsessed nonetheless, and I just, like, have always been like this. But, uh, no, it's, it's just, yeah, everybody's got a different. Yeah. I fished a lot as the way a kid. It happens. But I, I didn't even, I'd never got a shot at a big game animal until I was 17, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think it hits a little bit different than whenever you're like 11 or something and you get flown out and, you know, you're out there and you see a big caribou or whatever and you shoot it. And I think it's, your mental head's a lot different from when you're 17 and 11 for sure. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah, well, it's something I think about with my kids. It's like they—I know they have no idea how good they have it, <laughs> and I don't know. I go back and forth. I mean, ultimately, like I just want like them to do what they want to do and have fun doing it. But like you have, you have no idea how good you have it right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm really, really cognizant of not like pressuring them too much mm-hmm. to, to do anything really because. Yeah, well, and you guys like you guys are doing some like moose hunting with the family down there. Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. You got a, your boat's pretty set up, looks like. Yeah, over a few years. Yeah, we moved out there, 2012. My wife's from Galena. Yeah. So we went out and bought the uh, liquor grocery store from her parents. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've just been dialing in the moose boat for nice. eight years. Yeah, I just. I haven't picked up a quarter in a few years. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you got. Don't you have like an arm of a winch on there? That no, I. I uh, or you just have other people do the work for you. No, I can, I can go into it here. Um, so I have one of those like Honda capstan winches, mm-hmm. snatch block, four wheeler ramp, sheet of plywood, and then all down a moose, gut it, half it at the third rib, and then winch it into the boat in two pieces. And then I pull the boat out on the trailer and pick out the halves and put them on pallets with my loader. (laughs) (laughs) And then stick the pallets in my meat shed and lift them, hang them. Skin them. It's just, yeah, it's tits. It's the way to do it. Yeah, like my grandpa knew what he was talking about when he, I I learned quickly when he's, (laughs) he'd never shoot a, never shoot a moose he couldn't get his truck to. (laughs) I guess, I mean, back in the day, you know, they'd have like planks and, planks and a couple handymans and oh, right. a shovel and i mean they'd get their trucks like anywhere 
almost, but yeah, yeah. my dad since the nineties he had a he had a Nodwell with his buddy for like fifteen years. You know what Nodwell is? <laughs> it's like a tank. Oh, and, and, and so okay, yeah. Like I literally, think, when you're yeah. driving it, you have two levers for left and right, and you pull yeah. it back to go. And this thing had a fully enclosed box on it, and they would just pull trailers behind it and literally drive it wherever the hell they wanted. Yep. Well, and I've seen guys with like the old like mining trucks, like monster truck, like the old. Oh yeah. You know, I don't know. You see too many of them nowadays, but like the moose buggies were pretty popular. I think down in know? the valley, they're they're still a thing. Seems like I see them around. Yeah. No, there's a few. I can think of a few people that have like moose hunting rigs. One guy, like his family, had one that literally was like a mon. Like, even monster truck wouldn't be doing it justice. It was like a big old mining truck you could like just mow over trees and stuff Jeez. with. It's like, where are you taking this thing? You know, you allowed to take this thing, but uh, yeah, that, and you th- you think side by sides are bad? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't know, though, some of the stuff, aside from, like, mowing down small trees and stuff like that, I don't know that a lot, a lot of that stuff that the, M, like, the, they tore stuff up really as bad as you would think they would. I don't know. A lot of surface area. A lot of surface area, I think. I think it also depends on the type of land. Yeah, you well, know, big time. If you're in the interior where trees just grow abundantly, then pretty much whatever, dude. But yeah, if, stuff if will recover. Arctic, yeah, stuff will recover. If it's, yeah, if you're up, like, I mean, on the slope, they got to be much more careful of, like, disturbing the, or compressing the tundra at all, you yeah, know, because you yeah. want, they want to avoid, like, water collecting. I remember I was working up there, and outside of Dead Horse, there was a spot where you could see where someone took a truck off the road. and Oh, them, that was probably them idiots, them two guys from... Elmendorf for where the, their station port. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like <laughs> they <two>. deserved all. <laughs> I think finally, I don't even know if they ever did anything. I think they finally just said like the shame and, and yeah. like rigmaroles. But they drove two trucks off the road up there, like think just like long puddles. Yeah, no, forever it's never recovered. Yeah, then it just ends up turning into one big one. Um, yeah, because the way that yeah the way that works for people who aren't familiar is that whatever like full biomat that covers the tundra that covers that permafrost if it gets compressed water will collect in it and that water transfers heat to the ground better you know like the it's like less the the vegetation layer acts as an insulator yeah Mm -hmm. and when the water's on there it like melts the permafrost underneath it faster and it like troughs out and it makes a bigger and bigger track and then you got a pond and I don't know. I mean, stuff yeah. changes, but you can do a lot of damage in a short amount of time to that stuff. Whereas, you know, I mean, a lot of the stuff in the interior, I mean, shoot a lot of the stuff, like even like the kind of Fairbanks bowl around town didn't hardly, uh, from what I understand, didn't hardly have a freaking tree in it <laughs> left after like, you know, the, I don't know, when my dad was a kid, maybe, hmm. or up the steeps didn't have very many trees. I mean, just because they just all axed the them all for you know, the dredges and firewood for Fairbanks and the river boats. I mean, because they were all, like, wood steam-powered yeah. river boats. And all the shit's, like, pop. I mean, this birch and spruce and stuff pops back up pretty quick. My wife was just telling me the other day her grandpa, um, no, her great-grandpa would do, like, 200 cords of wood a year Jeez. for the river boats. Oh, my God. Probably, with, like, with by sled hand. Dogs. Yeah, yeah. sled dogs. Unreal. No chainsaws. There was some, uh, I think it was like on 
660, one of the radio stations, there's a lady like does like once a week does like historical Fairbanks stuff, and there was like she talk. I just heard it in passing, like running errands or something. Like a couple guys had, a couple brothers, something put up something like 500 cords of firewood, like out in Fox. <laughs> um, one winter or over the course of a winter or something like that. Uh, like that was like their fortune. I can't remember if some of it had burned up or. Uh, that's unreal. Yeah, or what the heck happened, or there was like a fire outside of town that they were thinking might burn up their whole freaking hmm. fortune. <laughs> Man. Man, I have a hell of a time getting like, I mean, I thought I was doing good getting 11 cords <laughs> cut this year, holy shit. You know, those guys are just a different breed of guys, man, when you're... No doubt. Yeah. Tough and doing everything with dogs, and I mean... And when you have to do it. Yeah, I you, think there's a difference between. There's no option, and there's yeah. no there's no like off season. There's no like kicking around. I imagine it was like straight from getting out of one winter to like fish camp and food, cutting and wood for the next the winter. winter. And there's always something to do. Yeah, or like springtime being stuck. Yeah, stuck until the river opens. Yeah, yeah, not safe to go out on the river, and then you got to wait. Yeah. And then hoping the river doesn't flood, you know, doesn't ice jam and flood you out. I think it was a freaking pretty rough life back in the day. Still is in some ways, but. Yeah, I don't really hear too many people that are as tough as some of the books that I read about people living in the. I'm not. 30s and I'm 40s not. and 50s. Oh, hell no. No, I'm not even close. Like my back's all sore from bending over <laughs> caribou yesterday. <laughs> oh, man. That is that that will get you though, like bending over to cutting on stuff. Yeah, I got off easy this year too. I, I did one moose. Nice. Usually it's like two, three. Yeah, it ends up being quite a process. What do you what do you do for what's your process for cutting them up once you got them back and hung? I've been I've been collecting like all the equipment every year. I get something new, and uh, I mean, yeah, I just do it all myself in the garage over a couple days. Yeah. Sausage. I don't do anything like like pepperoni because it's just such a pain with the sausage stuffer. Yeah. You need to get like an electric one or something. Yeah. But yeah, just like, yeah, sausage, burger, and uh been doing like a lot of soup bones and stuff lately. I got a bandsaw. Nice. So, yeah. Bandsaws are the, are the shit. This one I got out here is, was my grandpa's from when my dad was a kid and... Oh, they cut up just tons and tons of moose with that thing. I, I was telling Harrison I wanted to, I wanted to keep a. Well, he has some people who need meat. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm pretty full in Galena, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, well, I'll just take like, you know, some back straps and maybe some shanks. Yeah, and then we're working. I'm like, dude, there's no meat on these shanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just bone. Yeah, and I was actually I was skinning out a bunch of them today because Jackie wants uh she wants them tan to make mucklucks mm-hmm. so but yeah there's there's like two tendons and a vein and <laughs> just bone <laughs> man sounds about right yeah no these like caribou get pretty lean were they in were they still in decent shape well it looked like one of them was like an actual like bull of not maybe not maybe a real big bull but still had his antlers huh yeah well harrison's two they had i mean probably a similar amount of mass i think we've they're probably all like two, three years old. Probably, yeah. We shot three bulls and one cow. Yeah, yeah. I think mine just got a little taller 
but his his had more like he actually had shovels on his oh gotcha yeah there's so much different antler configurations with those 40 mile caribou like oh, some yeah. of them are either completely missing shovels or, or really i mean even like caribou just caribou in general i mean it's tough to like kind of tough to find a caribou that has everything going for them yeah the one you got out there is just like it's it's a really thick. nice representation of a caribou yeah but you know someone like brett's where it's up at sportsman's yeah that's just where he's got the massive double shovel and it's all on velvet and beautiful and huge like i don't know how many people are going to shoot one of those in their lifetime probably not yeah many. it's tough to, it's tough to find a caribou that has everything everything going for him i mean or like yeah double shovels i mean you could like so many times you'll see a caribou with like you know a huge gigantic shovel or double shovels like nice shovels and big fronts and then he's got nothing on top hmm. or great tops and nothing down or like looks great but super narrow like to me i like those big wide bulls like i don't even Where care if they crazy. have a, if they've just got like a nice like good top they don't even have to be i don't know i'm talking just i don't kill that many caribou so <laughs> i'm just like in theory like the caribou i find attractive or like those real wide fairly like tall but real wide bulls not necessarily just the the straight ones. I I wouldn't even be able to score. If you put a gun to my head right now, I wouldn't be able to score a caribou. So, yeah. it is it is what it is. But uh, I mean, I think we all. I think the big bulls are from what I've heard from other people is that big bulls don't have antlers right now. And we yeah. saw we saw a few caribou that didn't have any antlers at all. But uh, for us shooting younger bulls, yeah, like none of them had fat on them. Yeah, the cow had an extremely very small amount of fat on a rump, but you know, nothing to let them survive through the winter really easily. Yeah. Well, I didn't, well, I mean, that was kind of part of the reason I think they, they wanted to kill off, like kill 10,000 animals out of that herd. Cause they were getting to the, or they had got a little bit beyond what they wanted them to be. And were starting to, they figured they were going to die off pretty good this winter. Cause they just weren't in great shape. Yeah, um, I mean, there was sign everywhere they were digging up, everywhere we went. Yeah. You know, just looking for lichen. For food, yeah. And they're not like an especially fat, they're not a real fatty animal typically no. anyway. And after the rut, the bulls hardly usually have anything left. But mm -hmm. last, I shot one. Yeah, like in nothing, this, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I shot one in uh, April 2020, and that's all we saw them doing was sitting on a hillside, chipping with their hooves, trying to get down to. Hmm the ground to get lichen so it just seems like a fucking miserable existence <laughs> can we live a hard life there was some well it was uh i think it was at um Wyvoda's shop one time i was hanging out the fur you know fur shop i guys skin him for and you know buying fur it's all sort of old native guy guys come in there and sell arctic, furs. arctic yeah yeah and uh met some super cool people over the years but one of them guys said something like oh, if i like came back in another life. I just wouldn't want to have to come back as a caribou because <laughs> you're running all the time, like running for your life, just scratching out an existence all the time, whether you're running from bugs or wolves oh. or yeah. Having skinning them and getting fly larvae all over the place. And yeah, in the springtime like, when they hatch and they get in their snouts and they're sneezing and shit. And yeah, like I think wolves. it's, because what is it, like June, July, that they lay their eggs, like, and then, because by springtime, yeah, or even, like, by now, 
well, no, it's not quite springtime, but winter to like middle of the winter, like October, you skin them and then it looks like a bunch of like pus yeah. pockets in their hide and you like cut them open. It's a big old larva. Like you ever, if you're into just sick shit, you can YouTube like bot flies, like people like getting oh, bot flies. Oh, it's nasty. Man. Pimple <laughs> nasty. poppers about as far it's, as I'll it's go. It's basically like that, except <laughs> even more jacked up. But yeah. Man. But yeah, well, for me hunting, I kind of had like a similar timeline as Harrison. Yeah. Grew up doing it, fishing, fishing fool. Like I grew up, I thought I was going to be a Juno's a good place for guy. that. Oh, dude. I mean, me and me and my best friend were both like single parents. Yeah. And they would just drop us off down at the hatchery, man. And we just spend all day there. Like nice. they'd take turns bringing us lunch. Yeah. And we just like, dude, fishing fools. Well, it's funny because if, I don't know, because you were probably, like, from the sound of it, you were probably a lot like I was, except I was in just a horribly shitty place to be a fishing fool. Like, I'd be, like, casting in mud puddles. <laughs> you know, like, I think I would have done very well in a place like that where you can just, I mean, you're just hammering on stuff and you're never going to get tired of it. Um, yeah, it's, you, it was like, yeah, it was like picking kings and cohos through the chums. Yeah. <laughs> like, just feeding them. Jeez. And then, you know, we get dropped off out of creeks too and stuff. And then shoot. I mean, yeah, I thought I was going to be a fly fishing guide. And then I was like, ah, just went to college instead. Came up here. Yeah. You went to UAF. Yeah. When did you go here? Oh, five. No. Oh, so we were going to school at the same time. Yeah. I was thinking about engineering. Did like a year. I was like, ah, no, nah, maybe I'll do like. See, you got out like when there was still time. You got out yeah. when there was still time. I didn't get. I didn't wise up to it till I was too far into it to like. I gotta finish. Yeah, I did like. I did uh, like three years towards business. It's like ah, oh, this. I don't know. I don't know about business. Like, what am I gonna do? Manage something for someone, and uh, so then I went and got my process tech. The two year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go up on the slope and make a ton of money uh, while I'm single and everything, and then then me and Jackie. Ended your being single. <laughs> yep, yep. And then now I'm running a business. Nice. Well, I mean, yeah, I got an engineering degree and I write for a magazine. Yeah. So you're in- engineering this podcast right now. Yep, that's yeah, and just struggling <laughs> to get that by. But uh, yeah, Harrison never escaped the university. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, working up there now. So it's a pretty sweet gig. Nice. What do they got you doing? I do telecommunications, so fiber optics and copper telephone lines and Ethernet lines and stuff like that. So nice. Run the internet and phone systems up there. Nice. I uh, well, the last time I worked on a, eh, it may have been a mechanical room in one of the dorms I had to work on the last job, but the last big job I was on there, we did a bunch of utilidor stuff in the freaking tie-ins it was before the new power plant but the uh utility from like butrovich building like down the hill like goes underground under yeah. the sledden hill mm-hmm. and down there's a giant mechanical room like kind of by where that ice climbing place that they built is yeah yeah working in there that was actually kind of a cush job except it's hot as hell it's yeah super hot in utilities there was one spot where i was like i'm not doing like <laughs> All these, like, well, 
universe, univer, like working on a construction for job for the university is a nightmare. Yeah, hmm. uh, most of the time. That, I'm just getting into a whole different subject, but uh, there was one spot there was like all sort of crushed asbestos all over the floor oh, of the utility, oh, and I'm that, like, that's still there. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm like, I'm not cleaning that shit up. Like, you go do it. You know, everybody's all about safety, safety, safety. No, there have been a few and times then, where I've expressed my concern. It's like, uh, you sent me to asbestos training, and I see that there's asbestos over here. I don't want to go work over here, so like, oh, we'll just wet it down. Yeah, we'll you know, wet it. It's like, while that is true, and that does abate it a little bit, you know, or at least make it light dormant. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I don't know, just like some of the job, not not by any means, not just the university, like a lot of Fort Wainwright stuff. Oh, we can't go in there. It's not safe. Get your ass in there. we got to get people working. <laughs> so you got to like... You know, fix this or that, or that's yeah, just, just the way it goes sometimes. But don't hang out in there. Just just don't go through hang it. Out in there. Yeah. Well, one time they it was at the I don't know why I remember this. It was in that big that big manhole. They had the the lid off of it, so just like a big mechanical pit. But the steam line coming down the hill into that was on a a big. It was like a twelve inch pipe or whatever on like a T with like the turn crank handle and there was no blind flange on the end of it. So like if someone had just cranked that, it would have killed, like killed everybody in the hole. Oh my God. Anyway. I don't know. I've never been like, down in any of those, but. But some like of those utilities. all over every building. Oh right? yeah. Like everywhere. Some of those utilities are pretty, like were pretty nice to work in though. You could stand up and like. Could, yeah. There is somewhere you can like stretch your arms all the way out. Yeah. Not, you could like drive, a, you could like drive a four wheeler down them or something. Whoa. Which someone had told me, I don't know. Um, way before I went to school, they said like some like people you used to be able to like use the utilities to go to building to building. Yeah, it my used uncle to be said that. that. But when then he was like going to some like bad stuff happened and they had to like yeah. lock them up. Yeah, that's that's a true story. Yeah, yeah. No, I that's what I had heard. Both parts or both? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I heard both, but yeah, like some assaults took place yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, nothing, nothing pleasant. Yeah, in a dark dungeony area. Yeah, I only really have to go there whenever pulling big cables, like yeah. strap around my shoulder and just walk for a thousand feet in one direction. Yeah. No, but that's me. Yeah, that's I don't know how I got on that, but that was my last <laughs> utilities work at the university. Yeah, I worked at the gym there for a little bit. Yeah, whole lot of naps. <laughs> a lot of naps. <laughs> you were the one sitting behind the desk over there. No, I, yeah, that too, but. <laughs> No, I was doing like a equipment maintenance or whatever. Oh, gotcha. So I, was, I was maintaining the equipment room and storage I have, closet. Yeah. <laughs> I have definitely opened mechanical room doors where someone had woken up pretty violently from a nap on the chair. He's <laughs> opened the door and like, no, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. Tuition's going to just great things. Yep. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, what the heck... Uh, no, but we're having vengeance this this fall for some sheep. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, better. yeah, some redemption. Hopefully, the numbers are a little bit Take better. Take some prophylactics or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, yeah, that was one definitely an issue in a lot of spots this year. Was stuff just got clobbered this last spring, and still some sheep around. But I think they had a rough. I'm hoping this year will be a good year because we don't really have any snow. I mean, we have. You know what got like two feet of snow or something like that, but it's not much. crazy. Yeah, yeah, last year was just like the worst. It just snowed and snowed. In Galena snowed. too, it was like even 
like my expedition like 20 inch track it's just getting stuck everywhere Jeez. it was like three feet of this weird crystalline structure like house of cards yeah and then like a crust so if you went off the trail by an inch you were just like sucked off and stuck Jeez. it was like only super wides were having any luck out there man that's yeah so hopefully and it just took forever to melt too like yeah this i mean like our our like septic risers that come out of the pipes that come out of the septic tank up above like completely covered i mean had like four and a half feet of snow standing in the yard last spring just took forever so hopefully like we got a decent we got enough snow to get around and for guys that are trapping or whatever which that always pissed me off when you it just snow every week when you're trying to keep traps working and and shit like that. Which did you ever get any cat sets out, Harrison? Close to home, yeah. But, but I haven't gone out to an area where I plan on like putting extensive traps out. Yeah, yeah. I just haven't had the time. My family had some. My dad had some medical issues going on lately, so I haven't been able to really get out. And him coming up for caribou hunting, you know, there's always an excuse, especially with kids. Yeah, can't get out. Time's too short. Patrick's throwing a wrench in your plans. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Dude, same for me. I mean, I'm out there, middle of nowhere. There's nothing or nothing but outside stuff to do, but I'm like married to the store, four yeah. kids. It's just, it's tough. Yeah, it's busy. We're about to have three, so it's going to get real busy for a while. But yeah, I know we'll like give it. What's um, stuff been looking like down there? Is there still a bunch of cats running around? Or are they, I mean, I know around here it seems like from what, anecdotal stuff you hear like i mean i think they're they're their cats are still high but they're like gonna be crashing like this winter if they they haven't already yeah they've been moving a lot lot, like people seen them like trying to eat each other and which is usually the sign like they start eating each other once the and the rabbits have really like crashed pretty hard yeah i don't i don't know i don't keep up with don't keep too many of my trapping buddies but and I don't trap either. I got, I mean, I got a ton of stuff. I bought like everything this dude had before he moved out of town. Yeah. I and mean, it's just, don't have the time. Well, it but sucks because if Martin, you know, because if Martin were worth 150 bucks pop, you know, that it'd be worth the time to yeah, do Yeah. I mean, it. they were 200 a few years yeah, back. Yeah. Or more. Well, yeah, even more. Something. Like 200 average. Round. Yeah. We're in the round. Yeah. Freaking nuts. No, they're what done. I remember 18. that year. Yeah. I, I, but that year I freaking sold all, I sold all of them as quick as I could get them off the stretcher for like 90 bucks a piece or a hundred bucks a piece, whatever it was. And then like after the sale, they went to like 250 or, or 225 for the males, something like that. Yeah. Now I don't even know what they are now. No. Martin, you could still make a little bit of money at like, that's always a, but with that's all the, the COVID bullshit there. and you know, cause a lot of, a lot of those Martin go to China mm-hmm. and if China's mm-hmm. economy's doing like, I know it. The COVID stuff affected them big, t- or affected them big time last year because you know the Koreans and the Chinese buy a lot of them. But it depends on like how their economy's going, and even like a cold winter over there, if they can like move the inventory they have. And that one year, I mean, when Martin were that much, it was all these Chinese buyers buying them, and they, you know, like kind of because I was scanning a lot for Bill at the time and was kind of tuned in he's pretty savvy like pays real close attention to what's going on and knows like a lot of the players in the the fur market and supposedly like a lot of those chinese guys were just like wanting to buy quantity and big ones they didn't really know the grade and what Mm -hmm. they were looking at 
They just wanted lots of them. Perfect. And which, yeah, it's great for the trapper in that time. And then a bunch of them got arrested because they were, at least, the, you know, who knows, this could be all speculation. But the story, you know, I got was a, a, a bunch of those got, Chinese buyers got arrested for taking these furs into China. Like different, different things, like they would like say that they were rabbit skins to not oh. pay the duty on them, or they would like say they were going to bring them in, tan them, and export them to avoid paying the duty. Um, whatever, you know. I mean, you're talking about communist China, so yeah. you know, complex people. Well, yeah, whatever happened, you know. I mean, I mean, I've heard stories, guys, like you know, going to Hong Kong like for fur things and being like, "Oh, what's that? Oh, that's the place you go and you don't come back from," you know. So. Who knows? The world is in a, sort of a state of chaos, and who knows? By the time this runs, it could be could be ten times worse, or could be better. I don't yeah. know. Especially if you wait a couple of weeks before you release it, or something. Yeah, no. So it's uh, we'll see. But we'll, the fur market's we'll not see. looking like it's going to be great this year. So that's kind of one reason. One reason. I mean, there's one among many that I'm not trapping this year. Yeah. But ice fishing's fun. Hell yeah! I'm like diving into. Diving into ice fishing a little bit. Oh man, chipping through five feet of ice, dude! Not that you don't fun. chip through shit. <laughs> you blast through it. Uh, there's yeah. I, I borrowed my buddy's auger one year. It's just like all the way down. Still no water. <laughs> I, I guess we got to get the extension. Get the extensions. No, my dad was telling. I me. I bet you're some monster freaking bird. Like you get a couple bet, holes down there by where you're at, man. Just yeah. do some burbot sets. I bet you get some monster burbot. Big ones. I got I got it set up though, man. I got it worked out. I do my burbot fishing right before the ice starts flowing. I just that's set out some too. rods, like a uh, catfish sets or whatever. You yeah. know. Just have a fire and beers and the kids are doing s'mores or whatever and we're just raking them in now you're like you're fishing them in like the main current when it's yeah. still muddy pretty much yeah yeah just yeah right on the bottom with some bait yeah because that's that's one thing like what well, when we went we went bear hunting this spring my uncle i guess was he was off doing his own thing while we were setting baits and shit like that but i mean i've caught him like at the mouths of sloughs and channels and shit like that but um I mean, he was saying, you like, out in the main current, like, find a hole and just bait it, like, during the day and everything, you know. Apparently that, like, freaking super mud water doesn't bother him a bit. No, they're all about it. There's a guy, old Russian guy, Russian Jake, they call him. Yeah. And he's out there uh, with a set net getting a bunch of chums for, like, trappers and stuff. Yeah. And so he's just throwing guts out there, like... All oh man! So they're long. Per- <laughs> I, bet, I bet like if you were to fish right there, you'd hammer them. I know people hammer the whitefish right there. Huh? I caught a. Uh, no, it wasn't this. It wasn't this past year. It was. Yeah, shit. Maybe that was two years ago. I caught a whitefish that I initially I'm reeled in. I thought it was a small she fish. It was like this big. Whoa! I'm like, we got it in the net. Well, it was my buddy Frank's. Like he had bought this fancy rubber net, and oh, we tore a hole in it. And got this thing in the net. I was like, holy shit, that's a whitefish. And I don't know. There's like different species of whitefish. but There's like five or I'm six like, or something. Holy shit. And then right through the net. Ugh. So gone. We didn't have the option of keeping him. But Big one probably had eggs, dude. That's like Yukon gold. Man. They love the eggs. <laughs> I'll they pass on that. They love the eggs oh, down there. Oh, man. 
Well, that's one thing. Like, does anybody make real good dry fish in Galena? Lots of people. Yeah. I mean, even the chums. Well, great, that's the thing, because that's fish. the last thing I've had was, because um, is it da- down there in Galena, do they call them silvers too? Or yeah, like I remember you were talking about that yeah. meme. <laughs> that meme I made. Yeah. Silvers <laughs> yeah, so is chum. And- <laughs> yeah. It drove me crazy when I first got there, because, you know, I grew up in Southeast, like, we're learning salmon identification in school. Yeah. Then I get out there and people are calling bright chums like, oh, yeah, I call that a silver. That's a silver. Yeah. I'm like, how about this one right here? That's chrome with spots. What do you call that? I'm like, I don't know, Chinook, I think. Yeah. Or that's a silver too. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. But I, yeah, because I didn't, I never knew that, that, um, uh, that like the Yukon silver is a chum. Yeah. Is how it's like referred to. Mm-hmm. And I had, because I was like, uh, it, was, it was a job I, I worked on on Holy Cross and, um, Bill had like been like, Oh shit. I know someone I know, uh, like was it Jeff Dementia for whatever that owned one of the store owned the store out there. He's like, Oh, I, I called him up and I bought a bunch of dry fish. Go pick it up for me. You know? Cause like naturally Bill's all about that stuff. It's mm-hmm. good. And so I went and picked up, <laughs> and I was like 30 pounds of it or something. It's all like, like tiger oh. striped. No, but it was it was the, this stuff was stripped, oh. but um, you know, and he said, yeah, it's chums, but like, man, it was freaking good stuff. No, Yukon chums are great, man. super There's stuff, super tons oil, of just oil. oil. Like, I uh, I sent uh, my muskox guide on Nunavak, uh, yeah. James Whitman. I sent him right when I got back. I sent him a box with like some moose jerky and dry fish and stuff, and he uh, he just got it like last week. Like ever, ever, it's lost it for months since April. Oh, jeez! But at he, least uh, it was jerky. Yeah, it was all, and it was all frozen. It was, oh, it's, it's I, yeah, I had froze. it. I had it marked freeze. Oh, nice. But they just lost in the corner of the freezer or something. And uh, yeah, he's like, "How many freezers does Everts have?" They gonna lose shit. I don't know. <laughs> they just have like one or two big ones, right? But it was just a like a small box. And yeah, uh, but yeah, he wanted he wanted more of that. Yukon chum dry, that dry fish. fish is good, man. It's like of all the like the the shit I've taken sheep hunting, like snacks, dry fish, like that's if I could get some of that every yeah every year to that's take the best. Like, that stuff is good, and I've had stuff. I mean, that stuff was good. That stuff from Holy Cross was good. Um, he had some stuff he gave me once that I want to say was Kings. That, oh, I can't remember who he got it from, but that stuff was good. Oh, yeah. Like, Strips or? Uh, it was um, like flat fillets that half are Half dry. Half dry. Yeah. Well, was it, was it like fully dried out and then you like bite it off? Yeah, like you bite it and peel tobacco it Tobacco in the old movies? Peel it off the skin. But it was in like a fillet that was like hashed. Like, yeah, so that's like dry slit. fish. Yeah, and the other, like the, those chums that I had was in like strips of dried fish yeah. too they just oh, call that strips yeah Squaw yeah. dried candy. strips yeah yeah and then there's gill got i think i said that right i don't know but it's like you take a fillet and slice it not like as aggressive yeah of, a, of an angle and uh well first you slab you take like a slab off mm-hmm. and then yeah and then stretch it a little bit and then you only smoke it like halfway maybe like a day okay in the smokehouse and then freeze it and then you just like finish it off in the oven yeah. So you got like smoke, oil. And, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's a diff, it's a different deal than like, you know, we think like white guy smoked salmon on the. Yeah. You got is, the albumin all over it. It's like a, yeah. Well, and it's 
even just like a good, well done hot smoke that's not that's not like pushing all that shit out. Yeah, it's still like like moist. It's not dry fish because that's like a super long, cold. Yeah, smoke and then like days. you have to do it correctly, or you can like yeah yeah like you get, get sick. sick doing it. Yeah, I've had some. I've had some that maybe it was sitting in the fridge for too long. On top of that, I don't know, but it uh. Like you take a bite and your just tongue goes numb, like rancid. Yeah, I've had some of those too, but I never got sick. Like yeah. maybe if you left it in the freezer too long or something. But I've never had that from my own though. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's good stuff. It reminds me of that um, with Frank. Well, Frank got me listening to the native station in town, and they like the song requests uh, eighty nine one. The oil spill at my fish camp. Have you ever heard that song? <laughs> no, I, I, I never. I don't know if it's a dude, but... if it's a guy from Alaska or like. Well, you look at it because you can look at like the album that it's on. Oh, okay. If you like look it up on YouTube, it's like on an album, and like one of them's like you pick. Uh, it might be a you pick guy, but it's That's like funny. please come have an oil spill at my fish camp, and like one of the lines is like my my dry fish moldy and I feeling pretty poor. <laughs> <laughs> just freaking hilarious man yeah my wife man if if she could she would do that year round that's all she wants to do is go fish with a net oh man like she hates trolling yeah it drives her nuts like she's like, she's like there's more the, efficient ways to do this This is the most boring thing ever. she wants to like her sense of like satisfaction is just raking them in yeah and then processing them and like hanging them on the smokehouse that's all she wants to do yeah man well that's and it's interesting like you wonder how much of that's like in you from like your, I mean, I say genetics, but like just to like where you're from, who you are, you know, yeah. like how much of that's like, no, this is what we do. We freaking like, this is a good day. Like, you know, where for how many generations, you know, you like, yeah, when just like the fish are, when the fish are hot, you know, we get them all freaking stacked up and like how much, you know, like, I don't know if that makes sense. For me, I think probably it. I've never set net or netted for kings or anything, but I think for me, the most fun thing is to like get a couple decent kings or one big king for like eight hours of fishing a day in the summertime. Yeah. Like you get one big fish for the day and it's like, you remember that for, for years and years you're like, Oh, I remember that one day I caught that like 45, 50 pound king. Like, yes. We got Jackie on a, on a king on the Kenai. We went, um, fishing with, uh, my buddy Sean McDowell. Yeah. And yeah, he took us out. And Jackie, she was the only one to pull a king that evening. It's like thirty pounder. She's just like, oh, that was cool. She's like, we get this in our fish wheel. Off. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, uh, we, we we went to go uh, visit some friends down in Sacramento, and uh, we did a guided trip with a buddy of mine. And uh, she was catching rainbows, first rainbow ever on a fly. She's like, oh yeah, whatever. My buddy said, I've never seen someone so indifferent <laughs> to like catch. A, a wild rainbow on fly. Yeah, that's funny. It's it could be because man, yeah, when you come from places where the fish is the fishing's too good, like <laughs> when yeah, when it's like we're having a good day when we're raking them in buckets, you know. Yeah, it's not like the relaxation and you know. Yeah, I guess the, it depends the excitement, on excitement. It's like, like the work. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we're we just had to take a little break and. And Patrick gifted me with the his heavyweight champ T-shirt, which I'm going to be 
I'd have it on right now, but well, the, I mean, you I just, just put it on. Down, you do have strip it on down right and now. Put it on <laughs> for those of you who are just listening. No, which uh, yeah, because you, yeah, you were you fought. How long did you fight MMA for? Like eleven years. I took I took some years off when we first moved to Galena. Yeah. Um, and then I came back in like sixteen. I can see you out there just like hitting birch trees, hitting dead no. like that little Russian girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Now, yeah, I came back in 16 and won that belt in Anchorage. And nice. Then again, fought again in 17 and lost it. And then it's just like, uh, maybe maybe I'll fight again if I get down to 205. And here I am, fat as ever. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm actually, I've been trying to, I've been slimming down a little bit. I've like, going into winter, I was like, yeah, we're hitting a little bit. We're getting a little out of hand, especially knowing that we're going to like have another baby this winter. And I'm like, uh, I just, of course, I'm not doing any exercising, but um, <laughs> no, just a little diet change is helping me. But uh, I'm always, as long as I can do the stuff I like doing, you know, mm-hmm. the way I justify it now is I'm like, hey, I can carry an extra case of beer. In my boat, or I can carry an extra like. <laughs> yeah. if, if I lose what I want to lose, you know, lose it'll like be like a fresh start, and I'll be carry like extra five, ten gallons of gas, maybe. If I'm right. getting ambitious, I'm over here like spending all kinds of money on like the lightest sheep gear. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, all the low hanging fruit is like, like, <laughs> nope, not willing to do that. <laughs> no man, dude, that's freaking that's tough sometimes. It's I'm just lucky. With, yeah, you you look like a guy who has just skinny genetics. Like he could probably go pound a freaking giant cheeseburger and oh, french I fries eat like shit. every night. Oh hell yeah, dude! I eat like shit. What are you saying, Harrison? You fit in with the meat eater crew? <laughs> God damn it, dude! It's the mustache. Yeah, last night we were uh, <laughs> at the fucking twelve mile summit parking lot. Our uh, my buddy's trailer. He lost two of the bolts in his wheel. Yeah, for his trailer. Ouch. And. So he had three bolts left, but only two lug nuts, and only one of them was somewhat snug, and the wheel was just wobbling like nobody's business. Oh, I don't know how it got. Our, I don't know how it made it all the way there with pure luck. That's all it was because the snow machine wasn't on that side of the trailer. Oh, it yeah. Could be, but anyway, there were some people there, and you know it was already dark when we got back and everything ready to go home, and so we we're talking to these people, and we're like, "Hey, man, you got any tools? You know, we're trying to do this and that," and so. Soon enough, you have a gathering of like five or six people around your trailer, like looking at you while one person's doing the work, you know. And they're like, Man, you look really familiar. Are you a meat eater? No, he was like, Man, do you go to this bar and this bar? And I was like, No, I've never even been there. He's like, You know what? It's like, My even wife says you look like someone you know. It's like, What's that guy's name on uh, that one show? <laughs> Cal. Yeah, meat eater. Yeah. It's like, Oh, fuck, dude. God damn it. That's I could it. see it. But that's not what I want to look like. Just a little bit. No, you don't. Yeah. Not bald yet. No, you aren't bald. You're like me, though. Like, normally, I I almost always wear a hat. I mean, I'm like 30. I'm 35, so I don't have quite the. I may have a little bit of a couple corners exposing themselves up there, but. (laughs) (laughs) I just had had my first haircut in months. I came to town, got a real haircut. Yeah, right after you did the pictures for the fight, right? (laughs) (laughs) No. No, no, I dude, that's picked old. him up from Everett's, and he fucking looked like a hobo. <laughs> oh, dude, it was rough. Yeah, I was, was like, well, do I just look was like it, shit for a couple more days? Until was I he get wearing to a overalls? <laughs> like, what was it? What happened when you were like had, going to Wasola? 
And hold oh, hold the brown bag. The fact that the agent, uh, Raven agent, held like all of my stuff, even my gun. They're like, no, even the you know, gun is must ride. Yeah. Like, no, you can't put any of your stuff on this plane. Sorry. Like, well, that's weird because I had a reservation and I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we got I like, got to Anchorage and had nothing. No just clothes like, or nothing. No. Was your father-in-law? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Overall. He's kind of upset that I fit them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I got a pair of those for Christmas, too. Like, nice. that's his, like... His thing, his bibs, huh? Yeah, he wore them to uh, me and my wife's wedding, her sister's wedding. Like a, He has, like, a black pair. I think I'd like him. Yeah, he's even got a pair for traveling. They took all the buttons, all the metal off. Oh. Stitched them. <laughs> yeah. That's hardcore. No, I don't have any denim bibs. I had, for years, I wore, I wore, and I still have some, like Carhartt bibs working, um, insulating, because I would put, like, they were just handy, and I found a set one. I actually bought them on accident. I thought they were regular Carhartt bibs, but they had, like, little, like, kangaroo pocket, oh. like, an extra, 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 like, tool pocket on the front that, like, had tabs that clipped onto your legs. Huh. But, um... Because what insul like doing pipe insulation, we I mean it's it's not super complicated, but we'd have a stapler and uh, I did it for a summer. A, a knife a staple. Who'd you work for? Vico. Vico up on the slope. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, it's changed since then because we were like a not that I'm like big union guy, but we were like a union outfit. Our union got kicked off the slope a long time ago. <laughs> Way before my days, but um, no, yeah, knife stapler, and depending on what specific stuff you were doing, a couple, but like basically your knife and stapler, you got all the time, and those new bibs I put there, and then I put like extra staples in one, one pouch and can of Copenhagen in the other. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can get I can get with the bibs. I like bibs. Yeah, I mean, room to breathe, man. Really nice. <laughs> Don't got to worry about your crack coming out. One time, one time, uh, it was actually at TVC at the, the like downtown campus building. We were redoing, we were doing a bunch of stuff up in the, they redid the fan room up in like the very, very top floor of the building, like up above everything. Um, it's like all the air handlers and shit like that and mm-hmm. insulating up there. Well, I walked by this piece of unist like piece of unistrut that was mounted on the ground, and I caught my pant leg, my bib's pant leg, and it like ripped me open from crotch down to the floor. And so I was like, "Well, shit, I guess I'm going to the prospector at lunch to get a new set of Carhartts." And I just went, and I like to say I forgot that like I always bought like a couple because at the time I was wearing like 34 pants. 34 34s and i my bibs like i had to get like a couple a little bit like bigger 40. ones so they're well not 40 but like you know <laughs> well maybe 40 38 like guys. 38s or so something like that to like be a little loose you know and i just went i, I don't know if i wasn't thinking i went on lunch i went over there and i like had my pants taped back together and went and bought a new set but i got i can't i must have got 34 34s because i went to put them on it's just like the whole rest of the time i mean i was choked up hard yeah it was not not very flexible the rest of that day holy shit like leader hosen leader <laughs> that's about right but uh 
what was I getting? Man, dude, I'm struggling. Yeah. Bibs. We got talking about bibs and clothes and I like Harrison's Alaska flag pin. Oh yeah. There on your collar. I never I never rocked the pins. I should. You never rocked the pins like I got a fancy muskox pin from Barney's. Yeah. Yeah. He started making little pins for every species for every year so you can Oh that's whatever. cool. Yeah. No. Patches are yeah, pins are cool. I haven't got into pins. I probably should. Patches are like the cool thing now, right? I don't know. I couldn't say. Evidently not cool enough. Yeah, on your I'm biker not cool jacket or either. something. I'll be on your biker Fucking jacket. Fucking leather jacket. <laughs> and a Proud Boys leather vest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you can get away with some stuff being as you're not quite as pale as Harrison and I. <laughs> yeah, Harrison was going to say he was gonna, that you were going to ask. That I was going to ask. How how uh, how native are you? How native are you? <laughs> no. Native enough, right? Yeah. Well, it's a funny story because it's like the blood quantums and like my grandparents, like none of them are and also my parents. So yeah. zero. So zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. So I don't get to uh, seal hunt or anything cool. I mean, yeah. but you were born here, right? In Alaska, yeah, in yeah. Juneau. Yeah. You're not native Alaskan, though. No, Filipino. Filipino. So, But I look Samoan. You, I could see that a little yeah. bit. I get a little bit of everything. Like, I get the local discount when I go to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I had that long hair. Oh, man, yeah, I bet that did the ticket. Oh, yeah. Start picking did up you, like, pick, did you, yeah, did you do any, like, local dialect when you... I ha- dude, Showed I swear I have appropriation. <laughs> I swear I have like some kind of disorder where if I hear an accent, I just like I'm on it, and it's like involuntary. I, I think I have that too, but it takes a little bit of time. But I do like when I was when I was hunting in Canada. Well, the one time I went hunting in Canada, I'm there for like a week. And my wife's laughing at me. She's like, "You sound like a Canadian." <laughs> I think I even picked up a few A's. Like there was a couple. I mean, Oops and. I just like the tones. Although I have to say, what I've really like picked up on, I'm not from the Midwest. Like I'm from was from Colorado originally. I basically mm. lived more than half my life here now. But my wife was born in Wisconsin. I mean, she's lived more like almost her whole life here. My wife was from Wisconsin. Her parents are from Wisconsin, and like I pick up some of that like drawn out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like why doesn't Alaska have one? I mean, I guess there's a few oh, you do. indigenous ones, but... Well, I think even... The one thing that I've heard about most Alaskans is that they enunciate their words more so than most people in, in the States. That's weird. Because you'd think yeah. it'd be backwards. I'm trying to think of a smart-ass way to, like, to phrase something in that... It's not like, you know, you like to see homos naked. You know, no, yeah. well, my dad, well, like, in, I don't know, my dad went to college in Tennessee for a while and said that, like, some, like, in some of them, like, deep south spots, like, it's hard for a person from the western U.S. to understand. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. That's I weird. mean, I'll, I'll pick it up just, I guess like, maybe, sitting down with a buddy and talking, I mean, like, he's, like, from uh, South like, Carolina. You're like, I'm howdy! I'm just like... <laughs> Just every, I just start mimicking. It's weird. I mean, it's coming from like going between 
my mom's house and my dad's house. Yeah. Where they're like straight up speaking like Visayan Filipino. No. <laughs> and then and then the accent dude, I even do the accent to my dad. I'm like, does he know that I don't really have this accent? <laughs> <laughs> like shit. Like That's why am a- I doing this? <laughs> You're just totally different to your dad than everybody else. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? He's like my my uh American born son still with the accent. <laughs> Oh man! So was your dad from the Philippines? Yeah, yeah. He came over and he was like twenty-two or something. Got a white woman, American dream. Man, yeah, yeah I guess so. Godspeed. <laughs> Is he big into fishing? Dude, he yeah, yeah. That probably, seems like, a, like that seems like a very um well, and even like you know, like you out at you know, you go out to like Tanana Lakes or something like that. Like there's. That's a very, well, they're different cultures. Like, it seems like some of the Asian cultures, like, very fishing focused. I mean, I'm sure for freaking centuries, that's like how you got your food. So, yeah. naturally, if we, there's a bunch of fish we can go gank, we're going to do it. Yeah. It's you like, know, like, that's just it's like calories for calories, right? Like, yeah. calories per dollar. <laughs> like, yeah. they're there. Like, I've seen one guy out there, like, trying to catch some little kings with, like, jigging with a badminton racket. What? Wow. Yeah. That was after I blasted them holes because we were sitting in the ice shanty and with my kids, you know, they're bouncing off the walls and I'm trying to fish and hear a car pull up and then hear like chop, 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 chop. I'm like, holy shit, guys, like this ice is like, it was like 24 inches thick at this point. And so, and I had just bought that, like that, uh, that Eskimo pistol bit. Oh like yeah, the yeah. Drill auger. yeah. We were talking about that, and so um, I was like, oh, I'm gonna sh-. "Yeah." So I took that out there, and man, her just an old lady and her husband, you know, out there trying to like chop out like old holes. And I'm like, let me, oh, let me help you out. <laughs> Where do you get that? The store. <laughs> the store. Yeah, <laughs> I made it. <laughs> but no, like I for the past few years, uh, around Mother's Day every year in May, I go and. Uh, me and my wife and kids go down to Turnigan Arm mm-hmm. by Girdwood and go hooligan fishing, dip netting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you were saying you had some of that. Yeah, and uh, generally we're the only white people there. It's interesting. all Asian people or Samoans. Yeah, I'd never really heard about that, like those fisheries till it seemed like it started getting, I mean, there's a few people doing it popping up like on Facebook or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like a subsistence fishery, I'm assuming, where people go. Yeah, know. I mean, there's no limit. You just fish until... Wow, you're fucking tired of it. Candle fi- candlefish is what they are. Like yeah, hooligans. hooligans, candlefish, smelt. I just knew about the bar down in Soldatna, hooligans. <laughs> <laughs> fighting days down there. Your fighting days. Yeah, I wish I could say like, oh, get back in fighting shape. I never was in fighting shape. Yeah, <laughs> you don't really need to. Get a I mean, fight I'm, to get in fighting shape. I'm proof. I would. I would get my ass kicked. Is what would happen. Yeah, so yes, like, yeah, so yes, I got to get in a gunfight. I got to get in a gunfight. It's like not, you know, not making bets on the outcome, but I probably shouldn't willingly be getting into fights. No. No. And that's like, I mean, cool thing too. I mean, fighting and any martial arts really, and even more so like bouncing. Like you just learn how to not get into confrontations. Yeah. There's probably a lot. Yeah. There's probably a lot to that, but I don't know, like, I've heard there's, like, there's something, like, some guys, some people just 
can get smashed and like take it. You know, yeah. it's just like you. Per- I don't know if it's people perceive pain. Like obviously, I mean, this is a whole different like subject. You know, like animals obviously, I think perceive pain or like differently than people do. You know, I'm sure like stuff shit hurts. You know, it's not like you want to torture animals or nothing, but you know, like you pinch a wolf in a trap or something like that. Like it's different than like a person. Like animals are way tougher, tougher than we give them credit for, and Especially a lot of people dogs. are way yeah, tougher yeah. than I am. You know, like some people just like can just get smashed and keep going. Yeah, probably not me. Probably not this guy. <laughs> and, yeah, dude, animals. I mean, super tough, except for. Like grouse, yeah, they just die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> grouse. Hit them with a rock. Sheep are sheep are kind of wimpy too when you shoot them. Moose are kind of wimpy. Moose, um, yeah. But uh, I mean, my dog is like run over a piece of broken glass in my yard and cut her arm open like six inches, and she's a fucking corgi. Huh? You know, so that's like from shoulder yeah. down to her arm or down to her pad, and she's like happy as can be, happy as a clam. It's like okay, well, we got to go get that stitched up right away, but. She's like, oh, didn't yeah, even notice she's not whining or nothing. Yeah, it's weird, like, the way that stuff works. But people, like, I don't know, I think, like, people that are fighters, like, successful fighters for very long, either they're really fucking good or they're, yeah. like, can handle getting getting hit. Um, yeah, you definitely see that there's, there's yeah, there's both of those. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe, like, some people, maybe, the, and maybe there's, like, and maybe it's not black and white, like, maybe there's people that can get used to it, too. Or, like, kind of are good enough to not get, you know, just get crushed. Yeah. Well, obviously, no one wants to just get... You definitely get used to it. I mean, fighters, like, they take most of their beatings in the gym. Yeah. And it's like, Mm -hmm. if you see someone out or something, they're just acting super tough. It's like, most likely, never been hit in the face. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's that famous quote by Mike Tyson, everyone's got a plan until they get hit in the face. I think so, yeah. It's, I mean... Yeah. Most, like, yeah. Most people who have done some fighting are just, like, pretty chill. Know how to defuse the Don't situation. Really like, need not, to get, interested in not interested in measuring dicks. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess my, like, hearing stories, like, my grandpa, when they were kids, like, growing up in the Depression, they would fight for fun, like, like and I guess my great grandpa was just rough, like like egg him on. Even my uncle Tracy he said, like he would he would try to instigate fights. My uncle he would try to my great grandpa would try to instigate fights between like my uncle Tracy and his cousins. Like oh, I heard Rod was talking shit about you. You know just I think a- you could take him. You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess my grandpa like tell stories of my grandpa and his brothers like just fight until they're just fist fighting in the yard i mean not like fighting like most of us do they're simply yeah. you know like real fighting and stories brawls and like shit. after uh i don't know if it was before the pacification I, think it, of I think it was before world war well i can't remember if it was before or after the war um i think it was i'm sure it, was, it had to have been before but they would like go like get in fights intentionally and like they'd send their they'd send their youngest brother into a bar to pick a fight with someone and they'd be waiting outside with like wagon wheel spokes like hollowed out full of leads like serious like bad like bad fighting and i guess uh 
you know, like one of the stories supposedly, I mean, I'm telling it third hand because I heard it from, so, you know, it was what my grandpa's older brother, one time they he, there was at some party back in like the 30s or whatever and pulled him off. Some guy was like, you know, like, you're going to beat him to death, man. It's like, look what he did to me. And he's holding his stomach closed like guy night, you know. Oh, my God. Cut his stomach open. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I saw one guy got stabbed over at the, uh, do you remember the old rugby house? The old rugby house. I don't. It was like when on we campus? were in school. Yeah, like they started a rugby team and then it was like basically I, like the frat. Huh, I remember yeah, something. They destroyed yeah. that frat or they destroyed that house, by the way. On yeah. Campus. Where yeah. was, it was a house? It was an no, actual it was like house Yankovic or something. Yankovic, huh? There was used to be a frat house on campus that they eventually tore down. Yeah, because uh, what there was like a sorority and, was, and a frat was kind of oh yeah. guy silly. got stabbed. There was like a big brawl. Like some, yeah, some guys came or I don't know, looking for their sister or something, and then just started fighting everybody. <laughs> and dude was like, I think it was a costume party because I was dressed up as Julian, and I had my oh. rum and, my rum and coke. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, there was a dude who was dressed up like a uh, Borat in the swimsuit yeah got stabbed in the side with a pocket knife <laughs> oh jeez that's rough so like yeah you must have got into trailer park boys like early on early yeah. on huh yeah i went yeah i went through i remember when i the first time i what it i don't know how many seasons they had of it on netflix or whatever it was but i was like oh that looks pretty funny and i got like halfway through the first episode shut it off i was like this is fucking stupid and then something like called me back to it. <laughs> There's some brilliant writing. Like, no, like yeah. After a while, I mean, I like, some of their uh, if you, you go back even and watch some of their like short films from like film school or something. Yeah, they're really funny too. Huh. Like it wasn't weed; it was coke. Yeah, and they were like pet nuisance, pet assassins or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, Fairbanks was pretty fun college yeah when did you when did you finish 10 i was 10 so yeah, yeah about the same i was working out at the gold mine by then like finished school going like part-time oh nice working full-time at fort knox and yeah man bounced all over town <laughs> through college <laughs> yeah i i took a little bit of a long road well a lot of people go to seven to school for seven years the yeah, they're called doctors <laughs> I went to school for seven years and actually eight years and only got a two-year degree. So yeah, five and I got a two. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a get a degree. I did get a four, but I went for you know, it was like I I did take a year off in there somewhere. Yeah, but well, I took a year off and then it screwed up my scheduling, so it took like an extra oh like little bit to get the right classes to line up to finish. Which well, I don't know why the shit i'm talking about school on a podcast like this it's the worst don't go don't go to school don't go to school drop out become a um just go hunting the hunting uh social media influencer (laughs) (laughs) ambassador a hunting ambassador that's the right thing yeah (laughs) well you've been complaining about being tired probably gotta wrap this up or i'm gonna start catching some flack but uh yeah man well good Good to see you guys, and glad you can make it over. Congrats on on putting up some meat. Better you than me cutting. Like I said, I'd kind of like to go shoot another caribou, but I don't really have a place to put it. <laughs> I got a lot of sausage I got to make before I. Yeah, and you can't find a freezer. 
Yeah. No, is our freezer still pretty sparse around town? Yeah. Yeah, I even, I mean, I pre-ordered some for the store. Yeah. Months ago. Still waiting on them. Still waiting. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. Hopefully, by the time I I get to run this, that we've had, uh, that I've got my next set of, like, hoodies and okay. hoodies and shirts in. Um, Harrison got a hoodie. I did, first yeah. First batch. Skinny guy. One of the lucky few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, I have one medium left. It's like, well, that fits me. I was like, perfect, all right. Um, yeah, no, so hopefully it's been, like, an unbelievable pain in the ass, like, getting apparel stuff lined out. And I was supposed to have this order earlier, but um, they are waiting on, like, getting, like, behind on getting certain sizes of the actual, like, hoodies to print them on and shirts to print them on, so... Yeah, freaking appreciate everybody's patience on on that. I'm doing the best I can, <laughs> just trying to keep my nose above the water most of the time. But uh, yeah, anyway, guys, well, freaking great to catch up with you. Yeah, good man. to have good to have a beer, and uh, yeah, we'll till next time, I guess, huh? Yeah, we'll catch you later, man. Sounds good. Absolutely. All right, everyone. If you uh, like listening to Tundra Talk, appreciate it if you leave a good review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. And if you have any comments or questions, you can email podcast at tundertalkak.com. Thanks.